0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: What do you do when a BYU Cougar breaks the honor code? Rivals has arrived. Hi, welcome to another episode of Rivals. Scott Mitchell, Jason Buck, and we have a special guest with us today, Jason. Mitch Harper, who is... uh, the host of Cougar Tracks, which is a podcast about the BYU Cougars. Love and it. he's a co-host of Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL. Hey, by the way, we are powered by KSL on our podcast here. Uh, Mitch, thank you for joining
2: us today. Happy to be on here, guys. Yeah, it's I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Yeah, you're right in the middle of this. So yes.
1: if you can envision this, people out there listening, he's got Jason on one side of him and he's got me on the other. And he looks very nervous. I am a little bit nervous. Looks kind of small.
3: Looks kind of small between the two of us.
1: Uh, Mitch is a new member of our our sports team here at uh, KSL Sports, and so he's all things Cougars, so thank you for being on the show. Um, We're going to talk about Neil Pau, who's a junior wide receiver at BYU, was recently arrested allegedly for uh, drunk driving at BYU. He's uh, probably third, I don't know, he's second string Wide receiver. He's he's had some success. You've mentioned this in the past, where BYU is building depth. He was kind of part of that depth, and this opens a whole can of uh, questions about one. How do you get a guy who, like, because I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around this, who was caught like outside of the facility, essentially and basically ran through barriers right in front of a police officer. So the the reason I ask you this question is there is this does this kid need some help or is he just stupid and he got drunk what what is it because look let's be honest we know that drinking all that stuff goes on at BYU. <laughs> what
3: just, what? It, what Come
1: on Jason what you okay, I never
3: knew of this okay, it.
1: go and put your head back in the sand and and we'll talk to you later of course it happened thing, bad things didn't happen there was no dumb guys on the team when I played <laughs> so so, <laughs> so to I, I'm kind of serious about this because he's an older kid right yeah. and and he should know better yes and and if he's going to do this thing and and you promise that you're not going to do that at BYU but we know that from time to time it probably happens. And, it, and if you're smart about it and you're playing football there, you do it very discreetly. So I guess the question is, is there an issue or was he just stupid and drunk?
2: I think there was an issue because, I mean, this is his second violation of team rules back in 2017. He missed some game action then in that season. And remember his brother, Butch Powell, also missed some game time with some off-the-field issues. The 2017 season where BYU went 4-9, and nine, there was issues of marijuana. There. I mean, there was a lot of issues, not specifically with those guys, but – those rumors, those were around the team, and there was guys missing time because of that. Kalani Satake is in a year where he's got to get a contract extension, and he's got to right the ship. He's got to get to eight wins despite the tough schedule. If you're Kalani Sataki, I think you look at this situation and go, Neil Powell, we got to move on from you. We can't have this in the locker room and let this guy kind of be around the facility when he's getting a DUI. Not only is that a team issue, uh, a school issue, but he's endangering people's lives out there, being driving, getting behind a wheel, and driving drunk. So I think Kalani's got to get ahead of this. He's going to reappear in court on July 22nd, which is one week before the team reports to fall camp. I think at that time Kalani's really got to make a stance and make it clear what the message is going forward with Neil Powell.
1: So what is the? Because I hear you about yeah. he's got to, you know, he's got to do well, right? Yeah. We, we all we're, Yeah, I'm coach, agreed on that. Any coaches on the hot seat, right? right? So. How do but but how do you, I just feel there's an issue. And how do you cut bait from someone? How do you, how do you recruit this kid and you say, We're going to love him. We're going to take care of him. He's part of our family.
2: But it's a second offense, though. I think that's the issue right there. I mean, it's the second time. Right. And that, which is my
1: point. Yeah. I, I get, it's like, I, so to me, I look at that and I go, all right, I, I I'm I'm gonna be a little bit more com, uh, compassionate about that because cause it's like, if you get drunk once, which I've never been drunk in my life, something I'm very proud of, by the way. If you if you get I'm drunk proud once, you. thank you. And
3: that's rare for a Ute. You can't say there's no other Utes alive that can <laughs> believe, say they believe me, been drunk once. I, I, I think you're
1: the only Ute. They liked me because I like could drive them years. all home. I understand. It's okay, like, and I'm happy to do that for this <laughs> very reason, right? Cause, so so. So you just say well if it's two times then you're out. Is that is that really cuz to me I go I go two times there's a real problem here. And it goes beyond maybe maybe what we're doing or you know it's like it's like don't ever do it again. And then he does it again and you go okay something really serious. And I'm not saying bring him back to the program. But I'm also not saying just cast him out to the wind. I guess that's really my point. Mm. And so I think I think Kalani's in a tough situation. I think he's in a unique situation where where what he does and, and by that meaning, look, once, okay, two times you're out, you're gone. but what, but what about people that are having serious issues? Because I, 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 think, I think guys have more issues than maybe we know about, or and, and, and it's really hard to say, "I really need help here." There, look, I'm really struggling, and because to me this just sends off sirens. I am really struggling in my life, and I need some help. And I'm not saying come back to the football team, but let let's see if we can find something that can really, you know, change change your life.
2: Yeah, I think he makes some good points, and Kalani even mentioned some of that at, at Media Day about how, you know, he he doesn't want to just completely give up on guys if if something's not working at BYU. He'll find them a new landing spot or get them in a spot where they can maybe succeed at the school or 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 on the academic side of things, but he's not just going to completely give up on them. I think he's you know it might be a situation where you know if all these again these are all allegations right now, let the legal process play itself sure. out but you know what we're hearing three times the legal limited drinking um you know he, he second time offense I think Kalani's going to look at it from a standpoint of. I want this kid to still find success and get right on a personal level and his mental health, physical health, all that. But I think that as far as being at BYU, being around the football team, I think Kalani's going to try and move away from that but also help him maybe get into the transfer portal, maybe find a new home because he did discuss that at media day because BYU moved on from some guys back in January. There was four or five guys, some former Power Five transfers that Kalani said, this isn't working out. And he helped him find some new homes at the FCS level. So there's been a track record there of not just completely giving up on guys. He still wants to have that that family approach. His mentors, Lavelle Edwards, and he wants to do right by these guys. But ultimately, he knows he's got to win, and he, he can't have uh, an issue where two years ago the perception around the program was these guys aren't taking care of the locker room. They're they're not respecting their coach. They don't really respect being football players at BYU. So I think that element. Plays into this as well with Neil Powell. It
3: absolutely does, and you know you got so you got to take responsibility for this in the end, and you got to control your your ship, right? So I, I agree a hundred percent with Scott and what you're saying about Kalani, and that is never abandon the guys. I have a big heart. I mean, I'm going to love every one of those guys, even the ones that screw up. I mean, obviously sure. you 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 love them as a, you're a football family, and you're committed to them, and you're loyal, and you've taught those principles. But there is a time that you got to help them move on. So I'm really glad to hear that Kalani does that, that you help them find a home and a school that fits them, because BLU is not a fit for everybody. But BOU has a very unique formula, which coaches have really missed out on in the past, and that is the the how how you recruit to the school. Because you, you've got to take into account character, character, character. And you, and it's not that – when I played there, we had knotheads on the team. I mean, you know, guys that would mess up and drink some beers and get caught at a party and, you know, do a dumb thing here and a dumb thing there. And Lavelle had to manage all that. You you always have that. But what percentages – you know what I'm saying? What percentage of that locker room is rock-solid Latter-day saint Intermountain boys that know the deal, right, that know how to run that locker room, disciplined – and take care of business and then how much of the of the team you recruit is kind of edgy and maybe break a rule here and there but smart enough about it that they you know don't bear the stool school don't get caught and then you have the really high-risk guys you know is it going to be four or five of them you know that you manage and as a coach you take those high-risk guys and Put them in a room. Take one guy and put them in a room with return missionaries. Another guy put them in return, return missionaries. Don't let those five high risk guys lockered or, or room together off campus. Right, a disaster and jail sentence waiting to happen. I mean, there's a real. It's a balancing act there that you got to do. And so, but I look at it and and I that two years ago when you hear the talk coming out from t- people. I mean, very 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 good sources of the marijuana and the drugs and the the lack of discipline and the. Just, Scummy locker room, and and it reflected on a four win season. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Your your recruiting formula is bringing in way too much of that, right? So you're going to have something happen once in a while, like Neil Pau. You know, it's embarrasses the team, and that's he's got to respond to that. And I, like you said, second offense. I'm like, you got to set a standard for the team that this isn't going to happen. It's going to be tolerated. So unfortunately, the guy probably needs to go. And I would help him. I would love him, and I'd want him to land at another school. But, look, you don't screw up my program. You do not do that. You've you got to have those standards, and there's got to be a little fear there. I'm telling you, a guy like I've played for both types of coaches, and a, and a Joe Gibbs, you're going down the road. You do not embarrass the team, right? You don't break that rule. And you, you've got to have discipline, which had been lacking. Two years ago, last year looked much better. But it's, it, this goes back to the recruiting formula and how much risk you're going to take, how many risky
1: players and what percentage of the team. We're, we're going to take a break right now. But when we come back, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what, what is the balance. Uh, I, I've heard some things from Kalani recently and Mark Pope, the new basketball coach at BYU, kind of about the type of player that BYU is looking for. And so who is that player? I have a vested interest in this, by the way. I have a, I have a son, who who is uh, I don't know. He's interested in BYU. All right, we'll be back in a minute. What? back to rival Scott Mitchell, Jason Buck here. Our guest today is Mitch Harper, who is with Cougar Sports Saturday and Cougar Tracks here at KSL Sports. Before we go on, there's something that's been gnawing at my craw, as we say. I listened to Cougar Sports Saturday last Saturday, because it's on Saturday, by the way. And Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar it's Sports on, Saturday. So on Saturday, every Saturday. 12 to 3. 12 to 3. And if you want to know anything about Cougar Sports, Tune in. So I tune in because I'm driving in my car, taking my son to the <laughs> University of Utah <laughs> to football camp. Yeah, to football camp. And you and your buddy Matt are talking about how much you love the Lakers. Yes. This is an issue, by the way. <laughs> no one, no one in this building loves the Lakers. So well, I
2: found out.
3: That's
1: uh, yeah. So yeah. we we we. I don't want to get off. A, yeah, you just took us way off the rabbit I, hole. I, I know. I mean, I'm like, I whoa. Just, <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up. Okay. And we'll end it right, All right. there. All right. I, I think this is this whole idea of when players kind of mess up, right? And and it's where is the balance? When I was at the University of Utah playing, the coach felt like he had to he had to recruit, for the lack of a better word, you know, thugs guys that were, you know, not really good citizens. I mean, yeah. and and apparently extremely talented, athletic and all of that stuff, and it's like you can't win without that. And then you have other places like like the academies where they they're only allowed to, you know, these are these are the people that are going to go on the battlefield and give their soul and they're going to fight to the death and they are they are as, you know, disciplined and and as Exemplary as you could possibly be, but their athletic ability is lacking right they 're not very big they're not, they can only be a certain size, but man, when you played Air force, you got it and you you yep. you navy all of these things so where is the balance and and I think this is for kalani I think it's like maybe his top priority as he matures and he as he develops as a coach. Where do you think that balance actually is
2: yeah, I think for kalani it's it's kind of interesting with his recruiting. It's been fascinating to watch because I thought initially when he took the job, I thought, okay, BYU's recruiting is going to go into another stratosphere. Because with Bronco Mendenhall, I felt it was, uh, I thought, uh, not reaching its potential. I thought, honestly, after Bronco's first couple of years with Gary Croton recruits, I thought you really saw a little bit of a dip, quite a bit of a dip, and you saw just basically mediocrity. Well,
1: Bronco's like, I don't want guys that want to play in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, and it was I mean, kind it of was, this whole sell yeah, yourself to BYU. About that, yeah.
2: Right. His brother had issues in the NFL, so he kind of had this – kind of victim approach to mindset to the NFL thing and it's not a good thing and then Ziggy goes in the top 5 and he realizes oh this is big for our program getting a guy in the top 5 of the NFL draft which he
3: had nothing to do right. with <laughs> he did not yes. recruit and he was the assistant up. coaches had to fight <laughs> to get the guy a chance to even play you know Ethan Amaliore had to go
2: down and then he yeah. once we got in that starting yeah. lineup so yeah it's it's totally crazy how that all worked itself out but, but- I'll take
3: credit for it <laughs> now yeah
2: <laughs> but really with Kalani's recruiting though I think he's now kind of found a sweet spot where he's realized because he's navigating now all these different entities at BYU with the academics the admissions you know the power structure of the school the honor code and I think now he's realizing okay, this school is not going to budge on its admissions and its academics so as he puts it they got to get ballers that can do it on the field and academically and it's been interesting because his background is with Utah Oregon State and of course Lavelle Edwards was his mentor but you know he kind of of wants to have you know for kids that maybe are double minorities not members of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints and maybe african-american he wants to get maybe under the radar kids but they got the measurables they got the height the speed and they got good gpas because they can get those kids to byu and then you want to get inside the state with the top you know best lds athletes to byu uh, i think it's really worked out well and i think that's why you're seeing byu's depth improve you know guys like Zach Wilson into the program as a quarterback I think he's going to be great for BYU this year I just think overall Kalani has found this sweet spot of as he puts it ballers on and off the football field yeah
1: and like Dallin Holker was another kid and they've got this kid from uh, American Fork this Roberts kid who's coming into the program there's there's kind of a there's a there's a theme there about those local kids and and that that mix and that balance you win with local kids what what I period what I've been impressed with because I I haven't heard it right. So independence, it's here for BYU, right? You can't hide from it. You can't wish it was something else. And I I've, I've always said I because all I've all I was hearing was an excuse. You know, we have the honor code. It's so hard here, and we're we're independent, and and it's just it's really hard to recruit. But what I've heard from Kalani recently, and what I heard from Mark Pope in in talking to him earlier, was they're embracing all of this. And they're saying, "Look, we're looking for kids who want to be good in their life and as a player, off the field, all of this." And Mark Mark Pope said it best. He said, "I just want someone who has faith." I they don't have to be LDS for me, but there's someone who has a sense of faith in their life and a, a respect for themselves and a willingness to to strive to be the best just person that they could possibly be. And, and, and I know some of these guys who've transferred Tyson uh, Williams is, is, is an example of that where, you know, he wanted to come here. He liked, and he embraced the idea of, of being a, a better person. And when, when I see that, that, that's what I guess gets me excited. If you're a BYU fan and I'm, I'm kind of trying to have to be one now, which is kind of interesting.
2: <laughs> and I think you're right. I mean,
3: I think just because that... your kid's getting recruited there now, all of a sudden his you know talk it could, changes. It could be a reality. Yeah. I, I'm interested.
1: Like yeah. I want to get this thing right. But, here. Yeah,
3: but no, I... your your kid is the exact example, Scott. i will tell the world that Scott's boy just got offered by BYU. But he's how tall is he? Six five?
1: Yeah, six. Yeah, what's his weight? To six five two, soaking wet or two twenty ish? Dry? No, he's one hundred ninety pounds. One hundred ninety, but okay. He, he's right. exactly where I was. Runs fast, same, same great,
3: very type. athletic. And you, here's what Billy has got to do, and what Lavelle was very successful at. He was able to look at boys like Scott's son that are going in their junior year of high school. They're six five to six six to six eight to whatever you know. 190 to 210 to 220, but they had this frame and this athleticism and to be able to visualize college All-Americans and even future NFL players. And those were the guys that Alabama wasn't signing, but BYU was signing. But then you go back out in the glory years and you were still knocking off those, the great teams in Ohio State and stuff across the United States. But it was with players like that. They're local. They are Latter-day Saints. They understood the deal. Every kid, maybe not perfect, to make mistakes in their life, but they they get they get it right, and that has got to be the core and the foundation. Length and athleticism and upside, and it's been a long time since I've seen BYU recruit that in a in a overall scale. It's been a long time. So it's it's time. a type of player. It's a type of player, and and
1: it's and it's not it's it's not all of the players, it's, not all of them, just, but it's a foundation. A certain... it's, yeah.
3: It's it's your bread and butter that you can bring in and do as good as any school in the country. Think of a guy like
2: Kyrus Tonga. I mean, he was a guy that when Kalani offered him one at Utah, he was 220 pounds. Kalani said, you're going to be a D-tackle when you play college football. And Kyrus is like, I'm a tight end. I'm a tight end at Granger. Well, he was 220 then. Now he's 325, and he thinks he's going to be an NFL defensive lineman. You know, We'll see. The jury's still out on that. but. He's now 325, 6'4", massive individual. So Kalani does have that trait of projecting kids. Apuika, a kid that's a five-star recruit out of LSU. Once a BYU commit, BYU offered him when he was 14 years old. Now he's a projected preseason first-team defense lineman for LSU. So I think Kalani does have that skill set. It's just a matter of getting him to BYU and then ultimately keeping him in the program as well.
1: Have you seen that in your your following the the program, though, back to – there, there seems to be this embracing what BYU really is, as opposed to uh, apologizing for that. Is that is that in my brain alone, or no?
2: I am I completely agree with you. I think that's the case, and I think Kalani is the perfect man for the job. Now he's got to win, he's got to give results. I mean, because this is a place that has a high standard. I mean, twenty wins through three seasons is not great. I mean, BYU's got a much higher bar. You see, Bronco men in all sixteen wins, and he's already getting an extension at Virginia. Much higher expectations at BYU, but I do think Kalani. Uh, is embracing the the honor code and the high admissions, and knowing that th- as Mark Pope has put it, this can be a filter in recruiting. Immediately, you can phase out uh, like thousands of kids in the recruiting pool right away, and really zero in on what about sixty to seventy kids in a recruiting class, and really make those guys the focus. Whereas a lot of schools are offering offering three hundred, four hundred kids, and they're not really making them a priority. Whereas BYU can really form these strong relationships because they know. Their pool's limited, so they've got to strengthen those relationships and make them really strong. And I think those relationships can really win the day and be why you can get a lot of these kids, and then it's a matter of developing them, and they've got a track record of that too.
1: I want to I ask you one more question here um, as, it, as it relates to recruiting, I guess. It's this transfer portal, and and it's kind of the new fun toy in college football where players can just go into it and then – Coaches decide, well, what if you don't get an offer somewhere else, and will you come back? And I know at the University of Utah, <laughs> when you leave, you're gone. But is it is it uh, Kalani's philosophy maybe a little bit different than that?
2: Yeah, it is. It is a little bit different. I mean, I think it's still the possibility is still there for them to come back. Um, you know, because there there has been examples of that, and and where guys have been preferred walk-ons, and they've used it go into the transfer portal, and BYU wants to keep those guys, and Kalani then ultimately gave them a scholarship. So I think Kalani's still open to having some of these guys come back, but at the same time, if they're not living the lifestyle, if they're not doing it in the classroom, BYU will move on and just let them be in the transfer portal, because that's the case for some of these kids that have entered that portal from BYU. Some of them are not getting looks from anywhere. Like None of these programs are recruiting them, and they want to come back to BYU, but Kalani's like, you weren't doing it when you were here in the classroom or lifestyle-wise. So, so you know, there are examples on both sides. I think Kalani is going to be open, and it's going to be an individual case basis. But I think for BYU, it also helps him, too, because you mentioned a guy like Tyson Williams. He's a guy that had no connections to BYU, either the coaching staff, um, religion, the faith-based institution, none of that. He had no connections regionally to BYU, anything. But BYU saw him in the portal. They looked it up, logged into their credentials, saw that kid, typed in his name on Google, and literally searched his highlight film and said, this kid can be a fit here. They go out and recruit him. He commits publicly on social media. And then suddenly you got these admissions departments that, you know, it's tough to usually get into these grad programs. They're now being publicly put on notice because the coaching staff, they've done their job. They got the commitment from this heralded recruit. Now these admissions office, they got to get it done and get these kids in. And now they are getting them in, which was something that was so difficult to, hard do to do before in the past. Yeah. Yeah, it was really so hard. now it's it's starting to work in BYU's favor with this transfer portal. I think it can be a big boost for BYU going forward.
1: Would you use that as a strategy, like leave so many scholarships open every year just knowing that you, you'll find something in the transfer portal?
2: I, I think I, I would. I think that's something because I think it can be a nice stopgap to – you know, missionaries. You mentioned Chase Roberts. He's going to be a kid, U.S. U.S. Uh, Under Armour All American athlete. He's on a mission. You can use. You can maybe go into the portal and get a kid that can fill the gap for a year or two. And I think it's easier for a guy to maybe handle the honor code and the lifestyle at BYU on the short for, for a year yeah. or a yeah. two. I think it's just Dude, easier. I, th- I think that that's whole why Jason transfer only
1: portal. went. That's why Jason only went to BYU two years. Two years because Ricks <laughs> wasn't
3: tough enough. Ricks made. BYU looked like a giant party school. It was really really Roxy, though, wasn't it?
1: Roxy says, I can only handle this for two years. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) my wife
3: Roxy said, no, this is it, two years. No, you know what? Honestly, I I am so pumped about the transfer portal because I think that is such a a boon potentially for BYU because you're right, you can get guys like this that are mature, older players that can come in and last for one year. Um, one year especially, right? Maybe two years. But one year, you're like, come in in the summer, right for 2 days get them through a football season, and you're like, yes. You know, they, they didn't cause any major problems and didn't get kicked out of school. So I think the transfer thing, you absolutely keep some scholarships open every year for that transfer pro- portal and uh, utilize that thing. That would be huge for BYU.
1: You know, it's a fun. It's a fun thing to watch at BYU. So this, you know, how how do you handle situations like Neil Pau and some of these transfers and and the uniqueness of recruiting at BYU? It's it's really it's a fascinating thing to watch and see how they do it, how Kalani matures with it, and and then and then to see the fruits. You know, how how's this going to pan out in the, in the future? And the reason I say this is because I think it's. One of the most unique places to recruit in the in the country, so the most unique place to yeah. recruit. Uh, Mitch Harper, thank you so much for being on uh, our show yeah. today. Uh, unfortunately, this round of rivals is over. We're off to our corners. He's Jason Buck. And that's Scott Mitchell. Uh, you can find us on in, uh, not on Instagram. Don't instantly go to Facebook and find us on uh, Rivals Podcast, or you can also find us on Twitter at the Rivals Show. Again, we are powered by KSL Sports, and until we see you again, we'll catch you soon.